Okay. We'll bring it in in three, two. Welcome back to the Pick Show on the podcast. Doug Maurice, Bill Landis, Austin Ward, Ohio State hosting Michigan State in primetime on Saturday night. Landis, is Michigan State any good? <laughs> uh, no. No, their their defense is not terrible. It's like above average, maybe, or maybe it's average. Uh, their offense is quite terrible. So, uh, no, they're not very good. They have one Big Ten win. They just snapped the six game losing streak. So, Ohio State, uh, Austin is favored by like four and a half touchdowns. I do. Do you think, like, if you're, if you're an Ohio State fan who's like maybe yeah, you know, you're trying to bet on the Buckeyes in a game like this. They are Michigan State is coming off a win. They beat Nebraska yes. last week. Do you maybe do you think? This this line, this line's like 31, 31 and a half that Ohio State's favored by. I don't know. Maybe if Michigan State hadn't won last week, it might be 33 and a half or 34. I don't know. Do you think Ohio State's getting a little uh a little better number here as a result? Um no. Okay. I I, I, I you you asked some great questions to start off the show, Doug, and Bill and I are just like, I don't know. Can we can we not pretend like anything about Michigan State? Like I the yeah. thing about this matchup for me is just like I don't understand why the broadcast partners were so intent on moving it to primetime in November in the first place. Like even if Mel Tucker could keep his hands off of himself, this still wasn't gonna be a good game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> is berm here that feels like a thing that berm would say on a show if they're just adults austin okay doing I adult know. things just well, like on this show we do adult things we yeah we we do gambling is for adults only kids gambling and phone sex <laughs> both in the cluster of things adults might do both and legal that's as right as long as there's, there's nothing, consent. nothing illegal about it um in most cases, although again, Mel Tucker found out the other way. So anyway, and coaches we're can't be... do either of them. Actually, Co coaches can't do either of them. <laughs> wow. Just to be clear, we're not coaches. Now we've laid it all out. Those are the exceptions for what you should and should not do. Let's in those list the things that we can do that coaches can't do. <laughs> so be a long, uh, a long show. Maybe more entertaining than talk about Michigan. Talking about Michigan State, but I, I never understood the appeal of hey, we got to get this one under the lights and. Uh, give something really prime time for people to get excited about, like because Michigan State was never going to be good, uh, and they have so many problems on both sides of the ball. I just uh, maybe maybe last week played a little bit into it in Vegas's mind, but I, I doubt it. I think uh, the level of competition and some of the weirdness going on in the West was probably uh, a bigger factor in that. I just they're they're not good, and I, it's hard for me to concoct a way that Michigan State could keep this game close. It feels like a remnant of what Michigan State was seven or eight years ago. Because obviously everybody remembers Michigan State's win over Ohio State in 2015. Since then, Ohio State has won seven straight against Michigan State, and the average score is 40 to 11. So this is not what it once was before Michigan State season got torpedoed. And Harlan Barnett was thrown into an impossible situation. And by the way, lucky Michigan State... They, they are already in a division with two of the five best teams in college football, and then their non-conference game was Washington. Like, what? How did this happen? When they scheduled Washington, Washington wasn't this. So nobody's played three teams like they've played. Also, Landis, like if we're – like we've I don't know, the Dallin Hayden redshirt discussion seems to have petered out a little bit. Mm -hmm. Michigan State 
like brought in a quarterback who helped lead like a game winning drive last week, and he might not play this week because they might want to redshirt him. Yeah, Sam so like, Sam Levitt. Yeah, he was a four, he was a four star prospect. Uh, has probably been their best quarterback when he's been allowed to play. They started the season with Noah Kim. He was not good. They moved to Kaiten Hauser. He's been more of the same. And then Sam Levitt's played a little bit. And yeah, but I don't. It seems like they're probably not going to use him this week because he has yeah. played four games already. I don't know. I can't wait until we get to 2026 and 2027 to see if these decisions paid off for these programs. <laughs> that matchup when Dallin Hayden is running against uh, Michigan State keeping a quarterback in reserve for three years down the road is going to be just wild, impactful stuff. And doesn't it feel like Michigan State's saving the redshirt year so Sam Levitt can apply it at Arizona State? Yeah, or wherever something? he plays next year. Yeah, <laughs> Not saving it for them. <laughs> Mississippi hey, State's like, thank you, Michigan State, for sacrificing your only chance to score against Ohio State three years ago so we could get extra Sam Lovett. Yeah, he is from Oregon, so maybe he'll be a, a duck or a beaver next year. I would say, Doug, that like I will actually give Michigan State credit that for that. If they are looking out for the best interests of their players and saying, you know what, this season was a disaster. It, you shouldn't have to pay the, the price for that because of the redshirt rule. Like, you know, if you want to pack it in or preserve it, like I'm, I give them credit for doing that. Like that is the right thing to do by the student athletes. Now it does look a little bit silly if like you're pulling them all out and you have, you're not even going to try to like upset Ohio state or make your fan base happy and give you something to feel good about for next year. But like, if you are trying to kickstart uh, a rebuild or a reload for the future, it's probably in, and these guys may want to stay at Michigan state and not leave then it's probably in their best interest to say, you know what, let's just do this for the betterment of the program in the long run. And and I don't know that a lot of programs would have had the willingness to do so. Look at that. Austin mm. Ward standing up for the for the young athletes. Like Rutgers did do this. Gavin Wimsett, who, who we saw against Ohio State last week, Rutgers in his first year played him four games and redshirted him and are hoping on the back end that now he'll, he'll have two years of eligibility after the season. And then in, in year five, maybe he'll do something. So anyway, just for this game, Michigan State very likely is not going to play its best quarterback because of this situation. And by the way, they also had a quarterback injury. So they're they're just bad. I, I don't know what's, I, what's a better word. I don't know. They're not Horrible. very good. We do have to decide. Austin, you like the hero that you are. Nope. You put on a cape last week on this show and flew in with your 18 and a half. Instead of a 19 number, it's like you, everybody, you shop for the best number when you're going to make a bet. You have decisions to make on do you want to get a half point here, give up a little more juice. Ohio State was favored against Rutgers last week by 18 and a half points, some places, 19 some places. They won by 19, but here on this show, we, we took your 18 and a half, so we all won. This week, it's 31 some places, 31 and a half some places. The over-under is 47 some places, 47 and a half some places. Uh, Burn made the graphic. So, like, uh, are we good with it being 31 as the, the spread and 47 as the over-under? Because it's better for the bookkeeping if we all agree on it. Austin, we good with this? I will accept the proposal. 
31 will work. I don't think that the half point is going to make much difference in this game personally. Oh, oh, famous last words. Famous last words indeed, but I, I am not concerned about it. Last week, I kind of was for all the reasons that we talked about, and I'm glad that we made that adjustment. That's why it's important. We're here to have fun, A, and then maybe provide a public <laughs> service, B. Uh, can't guarantee B, but we're definitely going to have fun with it. <laughs> can't guarantee B. So, so last week we, we actually did. Okay. Austin, you and I both hit both on Ohio state, both on the spread, both on the over under Landis was wrong on the under, but then Landis was the only one of us who actually made money overall. Cause he hit some props and some other stuff elsewhere. So again, we know we're doing our very best. Landis is making the money sign. Um, let's make picks. Austin, sure. you are. The best among us with the Ohio State picks this season. You are 10 and 8 overall. You are 5 and 4 against the spread and 5 and 4 on the over under. What's your pick for this game, Austin? Yeah, I think Ohio State wants to get this game over with in a hurry. And given Michigan State's ineffectiveness at really doing anything on offense and with a defense that uh, Bill, I think, was being a little too kind to call them average. I'm not sure that I would go that far. And even when they have been good in the last several years, the Spartans have been powerless against what some have been some of Ryan Day's best offensive game plans and most uh, aggressive first halves of games. So I think that Ohio State is going to handle this one early. There'll be some juice in the stadium. We'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on in the pick show. But I think Ohio State is going to cruise in this one. I have them winning 42 to six with a cover and the over. 42 to six cover in the over. So that's not over by much. It's over by a point. So do you feel better about the cover or better about the total here, Austin? I feel better about the cover. Uh, you'd like in that situation and you're trying to hit both to rely on the opponent to maybe sneak out a touchdown, which is what I thought could happen for Rutgers last week. And I'm just not sure that that can happen for Michigan state. Uh, I think, uh, you know, maybe it'll be a special teams thing. I don't know, just pulling that out of thin air for something that could happen and go wrong. But um, that I think Ohio State's going to have to carry that load completely. And I think once they get into the second half, they're going to be trying to run the football and end the game. Uh, it, the other part of this is that, you know, Kyle McCord has the ankle injury. Uh, Devin Brown has been wearing a very uh, bulky brace on his right ankle. And Tristan Jebbia didn't do anything at all in warmups last week. So why do I bring that up? If the game is in control at halftime, maybe you see nothing but handoffs in like a fourth quarter, for instance, to just let the clock run and get out of there. So I am a little bit concerned about going over on the total, but I also think the first half might be so dynamic that it doesn't matter. So, Landis, that's an interesting discussion because that's not what Ohio State has been in every game. Like if They've had some slow starts. This could be an excellent opportunity for them to get things going mm -hmm. early in this one. Landis, <laughs> what's your pick on this? Uh, my pick is 42 to seven Ohio state. Um, I agree with Austin. I feel much better about the cover than I do the total for all the reasons that he said. Um, the reason that I said Michigan state's defense is like average to above average is because like with success rate stuff, they're actually not terrible. They're 40 40th in the country and overall success rate 41st against the past 40th against the run, um, which is not a bad place to be in on 133 teams and FBS, but when they played Washington, they gave up 713 yards of offense and lost 41 to seven. When they played Michigan, they gave up 477 yards of offense and lost 49 to nothing, which I actually think makes this an interesting kind of comparison for Ohio State. Like the transitive property stuff can be dangerous and misleading, but Michigan State has 
you know, maintained a certain level of defensive play by basically just playing okay against bad offenses. But when it's played good offenses, it's been pretty leaky. So you, maybe you want to see Ohio State do a similar thing to them that Washington and Michigan were able to do. Um, they could run it out in the second half, like Austin said. I, I do think that's on the table. Um, but while this defense is like not god awful, they're certainly not a good defense. And Ohio State should be able to do what it wants to them. And Michigan State's offense is quite terrible. Um, I. Th- I think a shutout is on the table. I didn't pick it, but I definitely think it's in play. Um, I think Ohio State wins comfortably. I'm just kind of curious about whether or not they try to really push the pedal to the floor on offense and, and put up a big number. I picked it. Shutout. 41 nothing. Uh, I think this defense is good enough to want this. I went back and looked at the last Ohio State shutout, 2019 over Cincinnati, and that was a moment writing about that after the game those guys wanted that like a Mm -hmm. shutout meant something to them it was sort of like a stamp of a good defense right like we're back i think this defense could be at that point where like late in the game it it, you know it doesn't mean you're having jt to him all the while play his 63rd snap with three minutes left but you're still trying because you want to keep the zero i think i do think the fact they got shut up by michigan i think michigan state's bad enough to have this happen last big 10 shutout for ohio state 2017 week five against Rutgers. So it doesn't like, it's not that it's not frequent. Like it would be kind of a big deal and it's an opportunity here for this to happen, which leads me to the under, because I agree with you. Like if it's, are they going to score seven touchdowns all by themselves? If Michigan state offers nothing, I feel much better about Ohio state covering than I feel about trying to guess the total. And is Michigan State going to help out at all? Is Ohio State going to take the gas, take their foot off the gas pedal? I don't know. I I don't I don't I don't have like a shutout bet. I couldn't find that like bet zero, but I really think there's a good chance of this happening. Like I like I just think there's both the, the thing I feel best about in this game, Austin, is that. Michigan State's offense is not very good, and Ohio State's defense is very good. I'm confused about a lot of the other things, but I think that we all agree on. Yeah, that's that's a baseline premise for this one. When you're when you're getting ready to to prepare for Saturday night, like even when even when it's been banged up, you know, when you take three starters out of the secondary, that hasn't impacted Ohio State. Now, you know, we looked at this, and, and both of you guys were talking about it in the post game show on Saturday night. Like there were some missed tackles, and and Rutgers made some things happen with its rushing game that maybe you'd like not like to not see. But when Ohio State is in the red zone, the worst thing that seems to happen to them is giving up a field goal. Like they just are; they've been really good in short yardage and red zone situations. And is Michigan State the kind of team that could concoct a solution to break that if they are able to put together a drive or two? I'm pretty skeptical of that. All right, those are our picks. When we come back, we'll talk about props for Ohio State and Michigan State. We'll do that next on the pick show on the podcast. All right, back to make some props. Reminder, listen to Austin. Listen to Austin. <laughs> Don't listen to us as much. Although we're we're gaining a little ground, Landis. Like again, we you and I both had like a terrible start. Mm-hmm. And we've been trying to sort of hang on by our fingernails. Austin is 10 and 8 overall on the Ohio State picks this year. Landis, you and I are both uh, 7 and 11. So, Landis, you and I need to like double up a little bit here and get both right for a couple of weeks to have a chance to get back to 500 on the team we're supposed to be experts on. It, it, it's hard to get a read on them, man. We didn't know what this offense was going to be. We didn't know that they were going to score in the 30s and not in closer to 50 like they normally do. That's not our fault. No. Yeah. No. 
Thanks for we're saying. Catch, and we're catching up now. We're catching up. We're now. catching up. Yeah. So I will also say, so the props, we record this on Thursday morning. Like the, the, the individual props came out late this week. And so, but I'm also, so we made some late adjustments. I didn't though, because I still offensively with Ohio State in a game like this, I'm very confused about how things might go with the gas pedal. And some of the numbers at this point, Travion Henderson is minus 550 to score a touchdown. How could you bet on Travion Henderson in that situation? Because he could run for 211 yards and not score a touchdown. And if he does, you're barely making any money. Like, Austin, that's a, those are ridiculous odds, are they not? Yeah, and they don't even really make sense to add into a same-game parlay at that level. I mean, even if you're dead set, 100% certain, Travion is rolling, he's going to score. It, it's not going to give you enough value to really even bother with it. And that was the case for a lot of these late player props for Ohio State that came out on Thursday. Like, Even with the number and the total, it seems like Vegas is way more concerned that everyone on Ohio State's offense is going to score a touchdown. Like, sorry, yeah. even like Kyle McCord was like plus 300 or plus 340, depending on where you're looking at it. Like Vegas is very concerned that this game is way more likely to get out of control, I think, than for Michigan State to make it competitive. And they did not, I think, want to be exposed to a ton of anytime touchdown bets cashing all at once because yeah. they they didn't put them out until a, like a day later than normal, and the odds were horrible. Landis, which of these do you would you like the best theoretically? We'll get to the actual props in a second. Tr these are individual touchdown scores. For this guy to just score a touchdown on the game at any point. Trivion Henderson, minus 550. Marv, minus 430. Man. Emeka <laughs> Ibuka, second game back, being fully healthy, minus 155. Mm. Chip Trainum, plus 100. We don't even really understand what his role is at this point. G. Scott as the backup tight end plus 115, like you're getting basically even odds on the backup tight end to score a touchdown. Cade Stover, plus 115. We don't know if he has a bionic leg at this point, what he's doing <laughs> with that. Julian Fleming, who at times doesn't feel like he's really a part of the passing game, isn't even two to one. He's plus 180. It's like, oh, I'll, I'll give a little dribble on Julian Fleming. It's like, you're, it, there's, there's no evidence of it, and you make no money. Kyle McCord plus 330 on the imaginary Kyle pile, which we just have not seen them do at the goal line. And the Ohio State defense plus 430. I like mm. can we can we in good conscience recommend any individual touchdown score there, Landis? Probably not. The, the one I like the most might be Chip, because I I do think if Ohio State gets up in this game, which we all expect them to do, I think it's a it's a second half, maybe where Trevion Henderson doesn't touch the ball. Um because he's gotten a pretty large workload the last two weeks, uh, and I would like to see him, you know, protected a little bit because they need him for the Michigan game and and beyond. And he's had some issues with durability. So if you think that the second half might be a lot of rushing and a lot of rushing with Chip Trainum, uh, I could see that being, you know, fairly valuable. And then Austin, like the individual yards props, there's just a lot of stuff that. You can see guys getting over, but if they if they call off the dogs, you know, one drive into the second half, all of a sudden yeah. you'd be in trouble. Trivia on Henderson's over under for rushing yards is 102.5 yards. Marvin Harrison Jr.'s receiving yards is 97 and a half. Ameka Ibuka is 62 and a half. And Kyle McCord's passing is 282 and a half as the over under. Austin, like again, I could see Kyle McCord having 261 passing yards and then they come out for like the third series of the second half. And it's like, Oh, he's out of the game. I guess yeah. I lose. 
Yeah, those those had me concerned because you'd think you look at at Marv's week over week receiving totals and and Ohio State, you know, seeming to make a more clear effort to start a, a public relations campaign plus an on-field campaign to win him the Heisman. Like, oh, well, that's not that bad because he had four straight games over 100 yards and, and made it look really easy. Uh, and then Rutgers was like, well, we're going to stop that and yeah. put two deep safeties back. And I don't know what Michigan State will do because uh, they did not stop Marv at all last year, and he had seven for 131 and three touchdowns in that game. So uh, you'd say, well, those those seem pretty easy, and maybe they will be. But the the individual yardage totals did have me a little bit concerned, Doug, because I think that this is kind of the game where you, if you're Ohio State, you want to use everybody and you also want to keep them healthy and fresh, knowing what's coming in two weeks. And we've talked about that a lot all week. And at the risk of making it too big of a deal, I, I, I think that the way the Buckeyes are managing health and injuries is clearly different and clearly designed to get to Ann Arbor. So if that means one or two fewer touches, uh, for Marvin or five or six fewer uh, rushes for Travion, that winds up impacting you if you're betting yeah. on them individually to hit a yardage total where it may not in a touchdown bet. All right, so Austin, where did you attempt to find value with the Ohio State prop bets this week? And as always, listen to Austin. He's the only one <laughs> of us who is making money so far this year. You are up $65.76. We make five $10 imaginary bets each week. One on the spread, one on the uh, over-under, and then these two Ohio State prop bets, and then one Northern bet. Austin, go ahead. Yeah, I was really thankful that the individual prop bets did come out on Thursday morning because otherwise I thought this segment was going to be really boring. Just looking at <laughs> the first first quarter bets and first half, and like FanDuel had a, a unique parlay that both Bill and I were going to take, which was Ohio State to score on its opening drive and Michigan State to punt on its first, which... Like it's still a pretty good bet if you want to grab it, but it, those I don't really enjoy them as much. I did take a first quarter bet for the first time this year. Uh, I I don't I don't burn. Do I have your graphics wrong? Am I going out of order? I don't know. Um, I should have checked. Yes, but, you are. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll then I'll save it. <laughs> the voice of God has told me that I should talk about Marvin Harrison first, and I will. Uh, seven touchdowns in the last five games. Two in the red zone last week against Rutgers after they tried to take him out during the length of the field with the two high safeties. Well, guess what? You can still get him in one-on-one -on -one in the red zone, and you're not going to stop him. The throws by Kyle McCord were where they needed to be. Marv was able to high point the first one. He got a back shoulder throw on the second one. If you're looking for solutions for Ohio State in the red zone, which is uh, we haven't had to talk about it, I guess, for a couple weeks now. Hey, throwing it to the best receiver in America sounds like a good idea. Uh, Marvin Harrison Two touchdowns. He had three touchdowns against Michigan State last year. He's at plus 165 on FanDuel to have two more scores. He has three multi-touchdown games already this season. The guy is unbelievable. You don't need me to tell you that, but I was able to, to get those jammed together and get some plus odds, which is what I want. So that uh, has Marvin Harrison in the books. And so go back to the first quarter. But let me, let me interrupt here yeah. for a second, Austin, because again, there's, there's the skill of the player and then there's like trying to get in people's heads. Right. They're interested in Marv having a very good Heisman case. They are. And they're like last week, late against Rutgers, they throw that second touchdown pass to Marv. I, you know, there are times in the past where it's like, what did you do at that point? Oh, we schemed a little something here to get Patrick Gerd open. You know, like we <laughs> threw it to the backup tight end because Rutgers didn't expect it. And they didn't. They threw it to the best guy. But that's not how it always works. I think there's at least a little of like, when in doubt, if we have an option, that's try to you know 
get more of his a little extra. I think that factors into this, which makes your bet even better. Yeah. And I, and I don't even, I mean, if you get into that situation, it's like the third quarter and he hasn't scored yet, then I think you'd see like three straight attempts to get him a touchdown. I think this is more likely to be get Marv going early before people tune out on a national broadcast. And Mm. look, coaches do not think this way or they don't admit to thinking this way, but it's very good. Think about how Lincoln Riley's entire perception changed by having a Heisman Trophy candidate and a, or a winner that he coached. Like people totally ignore that he's incapable of building a complete program because he coached a Heisman Trophy winner or two. Um, so I, it is important. It is a, a badge of honor for the coaches, even if it's the players that are doing the work on the field. That they want to have it. It's a sales pitch for the program. And Marvin doing that as a wide receiver would be hugely important to Ohio State and to Marvin Harrison Jr. They think that he deserves it. Nobody as we've said many, many times, works harder to put himself in position to succeed on a game day than Marv. So I think that would be early, often, make sure everybody's watching before they tune to whatever other game is on in primetime on Saturday night uh, and Ohio State gets up comfortably, which I think they will, in part because of this fast start, um, same game parlay that I put together, which is Ohio State, which they've not been the fastest team, We've this used to be the easy money bet, right, Doug? Like take them over 13 oh, and a half in the yeah. first quarter. Like that hasn't necessarily been the case for the Buckeyes this year, but to cover seven and a half and for the total to go over 10 and a half, I thought for this particular series was easy money at plus 700. Last year in East Lansing, the only reason that this wouldn't have hit was because of a pick six by CJ Stroud, which is uh, a rarity in itself. That was 14 seven. But then you go back three, three other matchups in this series. 21 to nothing. The last time these two teams played in the horseshoe, that was right after Mel Tucker was trying to sign his contract extension in the locker room uh, before they pulled it off the table. And that beatdown was supposed to be a top 10 matchup. 21 to nothing at the end of one. The year before was 14 to nothing at the end of one. Another game back uh, in the horseshoe, 14 to nothing at the end of one and 35 to nothing to start the game. Ohio State does tend to, in the series history, start very fast against Michigan State and punish them for whatever discretion they may have committed. I guess winning in 2015 uh, has has stuck in their craw, and they want nonstop retribution forevermore. And I think they'll get it with a fast start and a crowd that should be pretty fired up for a primetime kickoff. This is what they want, right? You want a night game in the horseshoe and you got alternate uniforms? Then uh, go out and deliver. That This is some good math by you. Plus 700 seems like crazy. I know. All, so, I love it. It's like seven to one if Ohio State is ahead 14 nothing at the end of the first quarter. That's seven to one. That doesn't, that math seems off, right? It does seem off to me, but I plugged it into DK and I said, thank you very much. I just plugged it in again because I didn't believe you. (laughs) I just like looked, I was like, this doesn't spot check. I spot checked you, nailed it. Great at math. Austin Ward defends student athletes. Great at math. Superhero with the extra half point. Dude, I just, love this show. This is my favorite show. I can I just say it's because Berm's not on here to bring it all back to reality. Just this is just make uh, Berm. If you want to chime in, uh, if I'm being no, too nice, Austin, feel no, don't let that happen. Yeah. Okay. So that's a real that that's a really good roll of the dice because it's all you and it's very simple. Root for Ohio State to be up fourteen nothing at the end of the first quarter, and you get seven times your money. All right, Landis, you have anything that good? I don't have anything that good. No, I'm actually surprised by that, too. Quick amendment to the show. Uh, Austin, would you have anything you'd like to tell our listeners and viewers? I feel great shame. 
I have made a mistake. And we want to be honest with our viewers. So I just gave you all these great reasons to take this prop bet. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe the value. But guess what? I still have fat fingers and I pushed the <laughs> under to get to plus 700 when I wanted the over. So the actual odds on this bet are plus 165, I believe. Let me make sure that I have it right. No, plus 170. I almost messed up again. I'll hold up my shame sign continuously. I still like this bet. I, everything I said, I stand by it, but it's just not as profitable as initially I said I would. And full disclosure, I made a mistake and I'm not as good at math as I said, as Doug said I was. And I feel incredible shame. Uh, and I would like to note that I double checked you live on the show <laughs> and double checked you incorrectly also. <laughs> so, and we also, crushed it. I'm not ever saying anything nice about you again because this is what happens. I knew it was too good to be last. It was too good to too be good true. Too good to last. Too, and the bet was too good to be true, and it was too good to last. And now, back to the rest of the show that we already recorded. Uh, I did take the Ohio State first drive touchdown, Michigan State first drive punt at plus 220 on FanDuel. Um I do. I don't even know if it means it's a hot start for Ohio State. I just think they might score on their first drive, and then it's seven nothing at the end of the first quarter. For all I know, uh, I feel very confident in Michigan State holding up its end of the bargain here, uh, and I want to see Ohio State move the ball down the field against a defense that, again, is not the stiffest competition in the world, and finish off that opening drive with a touchdown because we were so accustomed to seeing them do that. They just haven't done it a ton this year. Um, I think with the way that Travion Henderson's running the ball. And some of the opportunities that will be available throwing the ball in this game, uh, it should happen and is perhaps likely to happen. So, uh, and I thought that was pretty good value to get a terrible offense to punt on his first drive and a pretty good offense to score a touchdown on his first drive at plus 220. Yeah, that's um, good. You're so much as yeah. good as Austin's. That's good. Good job. Yeah. Uh, and then the second one is uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. single game parlay, two touchdowns and over 97 and a half yards at plus 282. And I think he will get all this done in the first half. Um, he, you know, like Austin said last week, they kind of forced the ball to him late to kind of make sure he at least got two touchdowns on a day when he was otherwise struggling to get some production with the way that, that Rutgers was playing Ohio State defensively. I, I don't think Michigan State will try the same thing. If they do, uh, I feel comfortable with Ohio State finding a plan to adapt to that quicker and make sure that Marvin does get the ball. And Michigan State, uh, for having like an overall sort of okay pass defense, has given up a fair amount of explosive explosive pass plays this year. So like Marv can get this on four catches, I think. Yeah. If he has two long ones and, and then scores two touchdowns, so I and and the Heisman campaign factors into it too because I, I do think Ohio State is aware of that. I thought we've seen them do it in the past with CJ Stroud, just like keeping them in games longer than we thought they should, let them accumulate some more stats, and I think they're going to. If maybe not leave Marvin in longer than they should, but I think try to get him the ball when the opportunities present themselves so he can stay in that race. Oh, I like it. Oh, you did you did a good job. And and again, you, you won money last week. Did you feel yeah. so good about uh, your Gavin Wimsett like over 17 and a half rushing yards was the best bet of last week? Like he got four times that. That was that was just bad. Like I don't uh, whoever made that line just hadn't didn't watch Rutgers play the week before. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. But that's, how, like 15 that's how you reason Yeah. Think. Yeah, it's some intern. They put it the intern on the Rutgers. It's just Rutgers. It's just Rutgers. Yeah. Who cares? Nobody's going to bet on this game. And then that, now they're in the office. They're like, who's this Philly Billy guy? He <laughs> outwitted our intern. 
Um, so that was really good. That was really good. So uh, I would like to say that I am out of juice. And last week, my props were big and fat and juicy. And they're like a big fat watermelon. And someone threw them off the roof of an apartment building. And they splattered all over the, the, the sidewalk. And I won nothing. I was like, you know what? I'll just put together, you know, nine teams in a parlay. I'm sure that'll work out. I'll have like 40 different guys having 100 receiving yards. I'm sure that'll work out. Nothing. <laughs> so I'm dialing it back and I'm going to lean on the thing that I feel best about in this game, which is that the Michigan state offense is not going to do anything. So I'm going to double down on my shutout pick and give myself a little breathing room. My first prop bet is the Michigan state team total under seven and a half points. It's minus minus one fifty. I'm not going to win a ton, but even if they score a touchdown, I'm okay. If they get two field goals, I'm okay. And I'm still going to win money. So I'll take what I can get. And the other one is Ohio State over four and a half touchdowns, which, again, is just me doubling down on my game bet. But I don't know. Five touchdowns, doesn't Like, that feels rather likely. I don't think, like, Ryan Day wants to go for it on fourth downs in situations. He doesn't want to try 50-yard field goals. He doesn't want to kick field goals on, you know, fourth and two from the two, yeah, the two-yard line or whatever. So I just, this feels normal to me it's all it's minus 140 i'm not gonna win a lot but when i go five and oh i'll brag about it even though i didn't i didn't win a ton so no juice austin but i feel like i have no choice well doug sometimes you have to scoop up the nickels and the dimes to earn a dollar like you yeah. just you don't have to get it all at once you plug no. away you make smart bets it's the biggest weakness and why jeremy birmingham is not on this show <laughs> to make 20 team parlays every single week yeah it's because we're actually looking at bets that we think are going to win. Yeah. So Landis and I are still under on money, but trying to crawl our way back. And I just, I really am frightened by any of the individual Ohio State player stuff in this game. Because I just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, keep my name out of your mouth. This is why you really, if you're listening on the podcast channel, it's very good. I understand you're on your treadmill, but maybe it's every now and then put up the YouTube feed on the treadmill because uh, Berm is attacking us uh, on the scroll at the bottom. It's like, A, sign up for texts. B, keep my name out of your mouth. I was I was going to try to just, you know, take advantage once a week of a, a show that he and I don't do together. And, and I'll just return a little jabs at him, but he's still got a way to return fire. I just, I can't escape it. He's the puppeteer, man. He's still pulling all the strings. By the way, if you want to be a tech subscriber, 614-662-4509. All right, we come back. Time for Northern Bets next on the Pick Show on the podcast. Time for Northern Bets on the Pick Show on the podcast. Austin, uh, you and I got a thing going on this week. So we do. Go ahead. Go ahead and you, you plant your flag here. Uh, so I tried to back all of the chaos in the West last week, and the only team that could deliver for me is the one that I'd been riding with all year. And I turned my back on them and I didn't build a same game parlay around the great Brian and Kirk Ferentz. And I've got, but it's back. Mm. If my, my Ferentz fever super boost has returned and get ready for this one, guys, I would have covered two and a half and an under of 23 and a half. For That's an adjusted under you adjusted I, that under. Right? I took the lowest total that you could find that was given and available. And I said, give me that. Put it in my veins immediately. I want to see seven to four as the final of this game. Uh, and that'll be a winner at plus 375 on DraftKings. It's 
Doug, it's astounding that Iowa is once again back in position to win the West. I just astounding is not the word. Ridiculous, Revolting. absurd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Insulting Sad. is also. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I've made. I, I don't know. I'm so amused by it. It's mm. bizarrely entertaining, and I can't look away. And uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe there'll be. You know, a couple couple grand slams for the Hawkeyes to get out of here after a, just a phenomenal performance in Wrigley uh, last week um, in all phases of the game. Just uh, chef's kiss on that. Right, they're gonna they're gonna win again this week, and it's I don't know. I like Rutgers a lot, but how how is anyone gonna score in this game? I don't understand. Plus three seventy five. So I really do like when you really you know you feel strongly about a thing and you'll take their total. You adjust it and get, I mean, how comfortable would you have gone if there was unlimited? How low would you have gone in search of uh, a Eight, better juice eight, on this? 18. 18. I would have gone to 18. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Austin's all in on the Hawkeyes. Land is what you got. This is the uh, embrace the Big Ten West chaos slash get Bill into the black parlay. Wow. Let's go. It's wow. a five gamer. Okay. This always works. It's, Foolproof. Purdue over Minnesota, money line. Maryland over Nebraska, money line. Illinois over Indiana, money line. Rutgers over Iowa, money line. Northwestern over Wisconsin, money line. That would make Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern, and Wisconsin all three and four, and Iowa four and three. <laughs> and it's plus 3380 on the draft game. So I would be well into the black if this bet hits. You'd be leading. You would be the new champion. If you hit this, this clip is going to go viral, and you're going to be on like Jimmy Kimmel or something. Like you're going to be a national superstar. Just talk. Just talking bets. Yeah. I can't. Now I want it. What's the one you're you're most nervous about there? Northwestern uh, going to Wisconsin and winning probably. Although Wisconsin's no, Wisconsin's pretty banged up. It honestly might be Purdue beating Minnesota. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so that is directly head to head with Austin because Austin's taking Iowa minus two and a half. You're hitting. You require the a Rutgers win on the money line. As do I. I think Rutgers is better than Iowa. Like I think Rutgers is not as good as Iowa defensively, but I think Rutgers is pretty significantly better than Iowa offensively. So. I am taking Rutgers money line, Iowa team total under 14 and a half. And that's at least going to get me to plus odds at plus 136. I I actually think, you know, I, I tinkered around with like maybe an Iowa team total under 10 and a half, which I think would have been plus 186. But then I got a little bit nervous because I could see, you know, Rutgers winning, you know, 17, 16 or that kind of thing. I will be flabbergasted. Even you would be, I think, flabbergasted, Austin, if Iowa scores more than, More than a touchdown in this game. Yeah. Yeah. They're not so like they're gonna score total, one touchdown. The team total under 14 and a half, I feel very good about. And then I just I actually think Rutgers, I actually think Rutgers would win the West. Do you think that Landis, if they were in the West, do you think they'd win the West? I do, yeah. Yeah. So and we also cannot <laughs> underestimate how Austin good disagree. how no, no, Austin, I, like, I was how good was the actually, Iowa defense is. The Iowa defense is great. It's great. I was I was gonna say that I think this would be the West Division championship game. Like yeah. I I do think Rutgers is a good team. I was impressed by what I saw last week 
Greg Schiano has done a, a very good job uh, restocking that personnel. Like, it's not one through eighty-five great, but there were some there were some dudes out there, and they did make life difficult for Ohio State. But the I think if they got to play like a West Division championship game in two weeks on a neutral field, I think I'd probably pick Rutgers to win that game. But the other part for me that why I think Iowa would win this week is that where it is and the fact that Rutgers just played Ohio State yeah. and the, they, this has become it used to be the old Alabama body blow situation. Like, do not bet on a team that played Alabama the week before, even if they played them competitively. And I think Ohio State's roster does the same thing to people. And I, I so I have that concern for Rutgers being able to bounce back on a short week. It does not mean that I do not think they're good because I do think they are. But I, I I don't know if they'll be able to turn it around that quickly uh, after what happened a week ago. No, that's that's smart. And that's well said. Don't bet your house on Rutgers on this one, because <laughs> there are circumstances here that do matter. And Kinnick's a tough place to play. All right. We have a bunch of stuff coming for you, Austin. What should be people? What should people be looking for on Saturday? What do you got? Yeah, but, do we want to give a vibe on Penn State, Michigan, even though none of us picked it? Four and four and a half. The, no. Right now, it's it's I'm Michigan just, minus four uh, and a half. Four and a half right now. You, you, it feels like you're vibing. If you're vibing, he's vibing. Took, vibe, let that vibe flow, Landis. I took Penn State plus five earlier in the week. I think it's a close, low-scoring game. I don't know. I don't feel terribly confident in James Franklin winning. In fact, I think he might lose it in tremendous fashion in a game maybe they should win. Yeah. Um, James but Franklin? I, but I think I think Ohio... In a big just, game? Yeah, I think Penn State might like lose by a field goal. So I feel like there's too many variables to bet on it confidently. I absolutely can see a world where, where Penn State competes, but I wouldn't want to bet my money on it. Mm. I think like... I think from personnel standpoint that they certainly have a chance to do that. But as, and we kind of talked about this on Kings of the North a little bit, like I drew Aller, I think has to play well. I think they have to call a good game offensively and um, they can't let Michigan run them over. I think it's possible, but I wouldn't bet on it. Austin, would you vibe one way or the other on this one? Landis, do you have a current total? Yeah, it's a 45 and a half. I would bet the Penn state money line and the under in this game. I think that, Mm. Uh, Penn State for what we saw from Drew Aller in the horseshoe and getting rattled. Uh, I'm not, I'm not fully convinced that Michigan's defense uh, is quite to the level of Ohio State when they don't have uh, an extra boost um, behind behind them and knowing what's coming. Uh, I think playing at home for Penn State is significant. I think Michigan has had so many distractions going on. Now there may, this may work the opposite way for Michigan that. They rally around Jim Harbaugh and put up fours again and whatever happens, whether he's on the sideline or not, that they they rally around a, a, a Michigan against the world mentality. I think there's too much going on against them that it's got to be difficult for them to focus. And I think that Penn State's defense is good enough to take away what Michigan wants to do, which is run the football and control time of possession and try and set up play, play, play action for J.J. McCarthy. And... I haven't been as impressed with Michigan the last couple of weeks, despite what their rebuttal to uh, the le- to the lawyers said that they're they've actually covered in the last couple of weeks by or score outscored opponents by more. I don't know why you would include that in a lawsuit, but um, I don't. I'm concerned about that Michigan is trending in a little bit of the wrong direction, and they haven't been tested by a team with the personnel that Penn State. So I I think that Penn State will win, and it'll be a super low scoring game. Yeah, I think the under is probably a, a a pretty good 
bet there. I think both teams are very good. And, you know, if you lost faith in Penn State because they lost at Ohio State and kind of couldn't throw the ball at all, and then they looked bad against Indiana the week after, I would not factor that in and think that Penn State was like overrated. I, I think Penn State is legitimately still one of the five best teams in the country and they get to get this one at home. All right. Hey, just just listen to this podcast channel and this YouTube channel all day, every day, and especially on Saturday before the game and after the game. If you're here now, you know that you know that and we couldn't appreciate you more, but we don't have to explain everything. We're just here constantly <laughs> whenever you need us or we'll when you don't want us. We're still here. <laughs> he's austin he's bill i'm doug and that was the pick show on the podcast